How do you do, neighbor? It's Bree and Spirits time once again. The boys have gathered around, and they're ready for you. So join in, make comments, and study with the guys as they try to study as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17. Now, here's the guys. Good morning and welcome to the Berean Spirits. If you are a are familiar with the show, you recognize that I'm not Chris. Uh, well, Chris is a bit under the weather today. He's been battling with this whole uh, COVID, so we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, he mentioned that he had a bit. Of, he's having a bit of a rough time uh, with it and, and such. So we hope that he'll get to feeling better. Uh, so you're stuck with me and I'm sorry about that, but you're, you're stuck with me hosting the show today, but to make up for it, uh, we do have a special guest with us today. And that is brother Ron Griffin. Uh, he's uh, an elder with the 32nd street congregation in Paducah, Kentucky. And uh, it's good to have you with us, Ron. How you doing? Well, I'm doing well. And I, I, I'm happy to be with you. It's my privilege. I appreciate I, I'm a, on. I'm a pretty loyal watcher. <laughs> of, of pretty pretty podcast. loyal yeah yeah fairly fairly loyal i i catch you fairly i, oh, I catch you probably loyal, three times a month anyway. but, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to work on him we have as usual you know that guy richard how you doing richard i'm good i'm kind of disappointed i know we got people who watch us off the south side channel Southside Church of Christ. Right now, that's disconnected, and Chris is the only one that connect us. And uh, he's sick; he's got COVID, so we do apologize for that. But uh, we'll try to get that uh, taken care of. You can go to the Carney Church of Christ Facebook page and watch. Uh, hopefully, if if that's you know, if somebody tuned in and they can't hook up, uh, they'll look for us on other other pages. All right. Well, we know Richard. He's the evangelist with the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. And I'm with the Brookmead Church of Christ in Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, we're glad to be back with you with this show on the Brian Spirits. Uh, as an announcement, uh, Richard has uh, been able to get our podcast here available on Spotify now. So if you are on uh, Spotify, you're able to find us and listen to us in, if you use that streaming platform. So appreciate that. But we have a, a show today dealing with spirituality. Um, there's a lot of people that have uh, the concept that I'm spiritual, but I'm not very religious. A lot of people want to uh, disassociate themselves from religion in general and depending on what they're talking about, I might not have too big of a problem with that. But uh, you know, they uh, they want to completely remove themselves from a religion, but they still want some kind of spirituality, or they still want some kind of relationship with God, uh, albeit apart from religion. And so, what we want to do today is look at spirituality from a biblical concept, from a biblical understanding. See what the Bible has to say about spirituality. And is spirituality something that's at odds with religion? I think we'll see that it's not, and that those things are closely tied together. Uh, but to begin, I'll 
start off here with a bit of a definition of it, and then I'll pass it on to the guys here. Uh, so many will claim a spirituality that is the result of some kind of better felt than told experience. Uh, they, they felt something, and I don't know what it is they've felt, but they claim to have felt something, and that's uh, a the result of that is spirituality. Uh, some emotional high or, or excited feeling. Uh, for some, it's some kind of self-denial where they, they um, go on some kind of hunger strike or something intended to make them more spiritual. Uh, some look at some kind of meditation as far as spirituality is concerned. Um, but what they're doing is rejecting religion. And I think generally they, they see the whether it's the shallowness of mainstream denominationalism, to which we would agree, uh, or they see the the just heavy ritual of Catholicism and such, and they, they reject all that, and I would agree with that, but uh, they exchange one external source for another. So they exchange that for whether it's the meditation or the experience or whatever. Uh, the result is they're simply not looking high enough. And so if we think about biblical spirituality, obviously that word spirituality is not used in the Bible, uh, but the word spiritual is. And so I think if we look at the way the word spiritual is used, it's helpful to understand what spirituality is. And so the word that is often translated spiritual is defined, according to Luanida, as pertaining to a pattern of life controlled or directed by God's spirit. And I think if you look in first Corinthians chapter two, that gives you a picture as to what, where spirituality is going to come from. It's based upon the revelation of God. Now and, that's, that's the key there because exactly. And I'm not trying to interrupt you, but we have people today who have a different definition of spirituality and, um, you when, when I was younger, when Ron was younger, it was pretty simple. You could be talking to your neighbor and uh, you could ask him, you know, are you spiritual? Are you religious? And we pretty much knew exactly, you know, what the meaning of it was. It was, it was kind of a, a, a universal understanding of it. Uh, I always understood it. I mean, you can correct me, Ron, if you had a different one, but when I spoke about it, I always understood my generation to think that this means that it's, you know, a spiritual is someone who believed in God and is devoted to him. And, uh, religious was kind of like synonymous with it, really. I mean, it's just someone who was devoted to practicing the, the, those teachings, uh, of Christ or, you know, whatever understanding that they had, they were devoted to it, but that was my understanding. But now we have a different group, and I want to bring this up because I think this is important. Uh, there is a different group of people now, uh, a different generation, who have a different understanding of what spiritual means. Uh, they have an understanding of, of spiritual that I believe is very similar to the teachings of, of Buddhism. Now, I don't think it is Buddhism, but it's very similar to it. In fact, they use many of the same words, uh, nirvana and, uh, 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 you know, those kind of, uh, words that are associated with, uh, Buddhism. And I, and I've seen this and I've been doing a little research on it because it was just something that 
you know, I had noticed. And uh, there's an article by a guy named Galen Watts. And, and again, the reason I'm bringing this up is because they may be tuning in and we may not answer their questions today. We're going to have to go back farther so that they can understand exactly what you're talking about, Josh, when you're talking about spirituality. But uh, Galen Watts is uh, with Queen's University in Ontario, and he wrote an article. And I just want to, he, what he did was he went and he interviewed 33 millennials. And they self-identify as spiritual but not religious. And uh, his understanding is that millennials have a different answer. They believe when, and I'm reading this, I, they believe when people call themselves spiritual, they are basically signaling three things. First, that they believe there's more to the world than meets the eye, and that is to say more than the mere material. Second, they try to attend to their inner life, to their mental and emotional states, and in the hopes of gaining a certain kind of self-knowledge. And then third, they value the following virtues, being compassionate, empathetic, and open-hearted. Now, to back this up, I found on the Pew Research, there's a, a poll given between 2012 and 2017. In 2012, 59% of the people they polled said they were religious and spiritual, but in 2017, they were 48%. And then likewise, in 2012, uh, there was 19% said they were spiritual but not religious. And in 2017, there's 27%. So my point being, and, and I think this is uh, important for us to understand, is there is a group of people who define spirituality differently than those who already go to the Bible to look at it. And, and I really believe in future episodes, we need to, we need to respond to those millennials who believe that way so that we can get on the same page, so we can get into the Bible. I think that would be a good show. But I think it's important for us to notice that uh, for the most part, you know, we're going to be talking about a spirituality for those who already believe in Jesus Christ, who already believe in the truths of the Bible, and, and we're going to be looking at it from a, a biblical standpoint. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Josh? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I, I think a lot of these people that would claim to be religious, but not very spiritual are, you know, they, they kind of are the type that don't want anything to do re with religion. And so we're going to have a hard time trying to reason with them from the scriptures if they don't you know, believe the scriptures. Um, but Ron, have, have you had experience with this kind of, of, concept yeah uh, some uh, you know i i have observed on like facebook where people when it when it says religion people put spiritual there and i've done some asking around i ask them well, what do you mean by that i looked up the definition the english definition webster's collegiate dictionary and the way that we would define spiritual from a biblical standpoint was the fifth definition given by Webster's. In other words, there were four other definitions given before, and, and it was the fifth and the last definition given for spiritual. So we are looking at spirituality from a far different 
perspective than what I would say the majority of people look at. And, and, and when I say majority, it's based upon some statistics that I've seen uh, pertaining to millennials, as well as even people within my age group over 65 uh, that have left churches. Uh, and I use churches in, in regards to the statistics that I've seen that covers all those who call themselves Christian churches. And people have become uh, disenchanted with organized religion for, for the reasons that uh, you mentioned in the beginning. <clears throat> but, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we've seen where people want to feel that deep inside that they are a good person. And, and you hear this all the time, that, you know, I'm a good person down deep inside. And that equates to them as being spiritual, that, that because they're a good person, they're a spiritual person. And the definitions that I saw, and I didn't bring the dictionary out here with me, but the definitions that I saw kind of lean toward that and more in a psychological or sociological aspect of contentment within oneself that, you know, I feel content within myself. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I feel good about my inner being. So I'm a spiritual person. And that just doesn't equate with what God reveals to be a spiritual person. Uh, for instance, in, in Romans uh, uh, chapter 7, verse 14, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So that, that's, that's a, the way that we see spirituality is that someone is following after that which has been revealed by God, our creator, to be a spiritual person, and that transfers from his, from his word. So, so that's where we're coming from, as, as you uh, both have already alluded to. And, uh, but, but I think we need to understand what people mean when they say that they are spiritual, but not religious. Uh, it, it's that idea of an inner contentment, an inner feeling of being a good person. And that's subjective. And that's why we're, we're talking about this, get people to realize, and we see so much uh, subjectivism already in our culture, in our society, uh, where, you know, I'm, I feel offended uh, or, you know, I, I am insulted over you disagreeing with me on something. And that's such subjectivism. And, and that's the way they see spirituality, very subjective. That's in and my comments. Something that you had mentioned there that I think is important is when, when somebody says I'm spiritual, you know, we might ask them the question, what, what do you mean by that? Because I think there's a, we cannot assume that they mean a certain thing. We, we're, we're going to get ourselves into trouble if we just assume that they mean this, that, or the other. Uh, right. Having their understanding of spirituality is going to be helpful to us to kind of direct them according to the right way. Uh, but again, going back to the, the definition that we've 
gonna base our study on is it's pertaining to a life controlled or directed by God. It's pertaining to the spirit, essentially. Um, and I think that's the way that the, the word is used throughout the New Testament. For example, in Romans 15 and verse 27, uh, Paul says that we are sharing with you in spiritual things, and then we have the right to reap material things from you. And so there's that contrast there. Obviously, the spiritual things is the word of God that he's sowing within them. First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, Paul says, I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. And so they're not being guided by the spirit there. First uh, Corinthians 12, Paul wrote concerning spiritual gifts. Those spiritual gifts are the gifts that were given or bestowed uh, by the spirit. Um, in Ephesians 1, we are given spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And then we sing spiritual songs in Ephesians 5 and verse 19. Those pertain to the spirit. And then, of course, in First Peter two and verse fifteen, we're being, or verse five rather, we're being built up as a spiritual house uh, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And so, again, it, it's not some better felt than told experience, but it's aligned with the Spirit of God or the revelation of the Spirit. And so, that's how the Bible is using the term spiritual, and that's really what true spirituality is going to look like. Uh, being guided by the Spirit. Uh, Richard, go ahead. Well, I, I want to bring up, a, and, and I agree with what you're saying, but there there is also a group of people that listen to part of the Bible, but they seem to reject, and I think that's what you're getting at, they reject much of the teachings of the Bible. And I want to give an example. There was a woman that I spoke with one time. I used to work with her. And she told me that she was, uh, uh, she was very religious. Uh, not religious, but uh, she said she was a spiritual person, believing in Jesus Christ. And, and she, she would tell everybody, you know, how, uh, about her belief in Christ and how she's a Christian. And she was constantly advertising this. And so finally, you know, I was in the office with her and I asked her, I said, where do you go to church? And she said, well, I don't go to church. And I'm like, well, why don't you go to church? And she said, Jesus doesn't care if you go to church. And I'm like, well, how do you know that? I, the, the Bible seems to teach that it does. And, and I went over a few things, but uh, she, she was like, no, she goes, what Jesus cares about is love and and, you know, and she got into the emotion of it. But now this is what I want to point out. And this would even also attack some of the, the millennials because I've seen some of their writings on this where they even revert, you know, they refer to scriptures as well when it comes to love and kindness and things of that nature. If you start referring to the scripture, if you even refer to Jesus, the question is, how do you know about him? How do, what you know about Jesus, if you say you're a Christian, even the word Christian, how do you know about that word? How do you know about Christ? At some point, there is something from the Bible that, has, that they have been able to consume mentally that, has, that they've agreed with and accepted and, and added to their beliefs. Now, the question is, why do you stop there? Why do you just pick that point 
and reject everything else that's in the Bible. And I think that's an important point. If you're going to take part of the Bible as part of your beliefs that you are spiritual, then my question is, why don't you take all of what is taught in the Bible? Because I, I read an article last night from a lady who uh, she, she talked exclusively about how you can be spiritual without being religious. And she was attacking uh, uh, what she called learned dogma uh, teachings. And then what, <laughs> of all things, she started talking about, she said, being spiritual just means you're, you're kind to those around you. Uh, you're kind to the world you live in. You're kind to animals. And then she said, my experience, twice she said, my experience is that spirituality is this. And she backed it up with a scripture about kindness, but she backed it up with scripture. And again, as I'm looking at this, I'm like, okay, if you're going to, if you're going to reject learned dogma or teachings, then why are you using scripture to back up your point? And that goes to those today who say that they are spiritual without being religious. In other words, you can be spiritual without uh, uh, practicing uh, what is taught. Uh, if that's the case, then, uh, you know, if you're going to use the Bible at all, you're going to have to use the Bible to defend why your spirituality is accepted by God and not rejected. And I got more to say on that, but I'll stop for now. <laughs> I've heard before, especially from those who consider themselves skeptics, uh, that organized religion is one of the greatest evils that has uh, been, I don't know what the, the right terminology there is, one of the greatest evils that mankind has, has experienced. Um, and I think the, the point it being is, just because there are religions, and obviously they're man-made religions, uh, that don't align with scripture doesn't mean that religion itself is a bad thing. Um, in fact, do we find any place where the scripture would uh, condemn religion itself? Uh, Ron, do you find any, um, any discussion about uh, a condemnation of, of religion uh, in and of itself in, in the Bible? Well, there, you know, there's lots of discussion in the scriptures about false religion. Absolutely. Uh, and, and when people talk about organized religion being evil or causing a lot of evil, generally what they say is wars are fought over religion. And, uh, and, and I don't deny that, I, but it's, it's not, it's false religion. James mentions that the reason why we have wars and fightings among us, uh, James 4, is because we desire and we want and we, we, we try to take from others. And so we, we start wars and kill. And I got, uh, in one, my, my final psychology class, um, we divided into groups uh, as a, as a made-up nation, as a game. And Anyway, the, the whole purpose of the game was to uh, 
end up with the most assets, uh, uh, you know, be the richest nation. And the, the team that I was on, we decided, we figured it out how to win the game. And that was by building up our military and, and declaring war on the other nations and taking what we wanted. And that just proved what James was saying is the reason that there's wars is because of covetousness, because nations wanting what other nations have. But I'm going to go back to uh, the the idea of how we know what's spiritual. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 2. And, uh, and here he talks about spiritual wisdom, how... how <coughs> how we know what uh, uh, wisdom is. And he says in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 2, this is the Apostle Paul writing, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. And these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So, you know, if, if we're going to talk about spiritual things, we've got to go to the origination of all spirit, of all and of all spiritual things, and and God. For us, know what spiritual is, we've got the spirit that's given all things, and and that's what Paul. Is, is stating here is we know the mind of God as a result of what he's revealed to us just like you don't know what you what I'm thinking and we don't know what God is thinking unless he's revealed it to us and Paul is asserting here that he has revealed it to us that the the things that were once hidden from the mind of men have now been revealed as Paul wrote to the Ephesians uh, in, in chapter 3 that the, that these things have now been revealed so that we might know what the mind of God is. And, and he goes on to say that we can understand his knowledge when we read what he has revealed, and whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the ministry of Christ, he said. And so uh, that's, that's where we've got to, in order to get away from this subjectivity that Richard was talking about, that that lady was mentioning, uh, you know, and people want to quote the Bible uh, to from from things that they have heard or things that someone has told them the Bible says, and they don't really, they haven't really examined all that the Bible has said. We we. People like to pick and choose what scriptures it meets their subjective understanding or their subjective thinking uh, as to what they want to believe or what they think is good and right, but they don't want to look at all that the Bible has to say. And you know, the Bible is like this giant picture puzzle: is you can't look at one piece of the puzzle and know what the, the picture looks like. You got to look at all the pieces. 
and we can't pick and choose uh, what passages uh, we want to uh, go to that fits our subjective idea of what being spiritual is or even religious for that matter. And I, I feel like I'm rambling on here. I, there's just so many things that, that uh, I'd like to say on this subject, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to monopolize all the time, but uh, we, it's so difficult for people to uh, realize what, well, what Richard was saying, and, and that is that there's a lot more to the message than God is love, God is mercy, God is grace. There's a lot more to the message than that. Uh, I want to go back to what Jesus said. This this goes along with what Ron's saying about First Corinthians 2 and, and how the Spirit searched out you know, the mind of God, and it's been revealed to man. But in John chapter 17, when Jesus was saying his prayer, you know, the, the night in which he's betrayed, he talked about in John 17, saying, 17, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. But in verse 20, he says this, and this is important. He says, I do not ask, he's talking to his father in prayer, I do not ask for these only, talking about his disciples, but also for those who believe in me through their word. Why? That they may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you had sent me. Now, if someone, like the example I gave that Ron made reference to, if someone wants to say that they believe in Jesus Christ, again, I'm like, how did you become, how did you come to believe in him? Unless it was that spirit uh, who the apostles, when you know, in in uh, uh, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles as Jesus foretold. They were waiting in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit comes upon them, and then of course, then they go out in Acts two, and they preach by the Holy Spirit. And everything the disciples did, the, the apostles did, was after that point they were doing it through inspiration, and it was that word that was delivered uh, through, again, inspiration, that men come to believe. And so if you are someone who thinks you're spiritual and that you have in a relationship with Jesus, the only reason you even have an idea about Jesus is because you learned something through the word that the Christ apostles preached. And that right. word came down from the Spirit. And so to listen to one, as Ron said, and ignore the other, you know, that's, that's just, that's silly. And I, again, I got some points I want to make before we close about that, because it's, uh, it's important that we, that, you know, we look at some examples, I think. Well, I want to go back to the original topic, and that is being spiritual without being religious. What does the Bible say about Religion. I mean, what, what does the Bible say about my responsibility toward God in religion? Do I have a responsibility? Does to does God expect certain things out of me to be a spiritual person? And 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 that takes us to religion. You know how I serve God. So mm -hmm. I, I thought maybe we kind of pull back towards that if you want to. Yeah, you know. On along those lines, you'd 
brought up First uh, Corinthians two, and I appreciate your thoughts there. But uh, fourteen verses fourteen through sixteen, as Paul concludes the chapter, there um, he contrasts a spiritual mind with a natural mind, and obviously, natural there, the natural man is not inherently anything sinful, but just one who's thinking in a natural sense as opposed to a a spiritual sense. Um, he says the natural man does not accept the sp- things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because they're not thinking along according to the Spirit. And he says they're foolishness to him. And he says we have the mind of Christ in verse 16. But he jumps on into the next chapter in verse 3, or chapter 3 in verse 1, uh, with a rebuke of the Corinthians. I could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. Uh, Paul's point there is I can't talk to you as spiritual people because you're not spiritually minded. And so he goes on in verse three, you are still fleshly for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and walking like mere men? What Paul is saying is you can see the spirituality of others by what it causes them to do in their life by, if you will, by the religion that it produces. And so spirituality is something that's going to guide religion. And I think that's one of the, the things that, that people are lacking in their, their desire for spirituality apart from religion. Uh, a spiritual person is going to be a religious person, and a religious person is going to be a spiritual person. If we're talking biblically, um, in fact, in James chapter 1, Paul, or James rather, he uses the word religious, and he doesn't say, those religious people, the uh, you know, they just need to, uh, they just need to, to seek a relationship with God apart from that all that nonsense. No, he says, if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, his, he deceives his own heart, and this man's religion is worthless. But pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and our, our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows into their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So holiness... And benevolence, genuinely caring for others, being kind. And and that's part of where the the kindness and such comes in, uh, caring for those who have need, looking to the needs of others. Uh, But I want to point out that that religion is guided by the Spirit. All of that is guided by the Spirit. So you can't separate religion and spirituality. You can't be a spiritual person without also being a religious person. You can't be a spiritual person off on your own and neglecting the people of God and, and refusing to say, well, I don't have to go to church. Well, that's not true at all. You can't be a spiritual person and neglect spiritual people and spiritual activities. That's part of your spirituality is living out, exercising your spirituality. And by means, obviously we would do that by means of religion and all of that has been revealed to us by the Word of God. And again, I think part part of the problem that people have with religion is that it's man-made religion that they're opposed to. But true religion, pure and undefiled religion, is that which comes from the Father. And it's where sp- true spirituality will stem. Jesus think, told the woman of Samaria in John 4, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. John 17, 17, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth, Jesus said. So, so you know, there's a, there is a revealed pattern of how God wants to be served and worshipped. And 
and just like the verse that I started with this morning from Romans 7, you know, uh, the law is spirit. I'm carnal. I can't within my own reasoning and my own feelings decide what God wants in worship and in service to him. I've got to go to what he has said, what he wants, the truth of what true worship is. Yeah, I want to go, I want to hit on what uh, Ron just mentioned, John 4 and uh, verse 23 and verse 24 specifically. But yeah, well, he, he had just mentioned that God is a spirit and he is a spirit. I mean, that's, that's backed up in scripture. First Timothy one seventeen. Uh, you know, he's immortal, invisible, and the only, the only God, uh, I mean, he's, he's a spirit. He's not carnal. And then he does, you know, as, as Ron mentioned, he says, those who are going to worship the father, you know, that they should, they have to worship in spirit and in truth. Uh, that's who the Lord's seeking to worship him. And you cannot, you know, you can't just look at spirit and then omit truth. You know, they go together. Uh, and I can, I want you to look at uh, Romans chapter eight and let's look at verse five through eight. It says, those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. Now listen, this is important. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And I believe it's because of that. He goes on in Romans chapter 12, and uh, verse uh, two, he starts talking about a transformation that takes place within a believer. You know, he starts transforming himself from carnal to a, uh, uh, a spiritual person. And how does he do that? By submitting to the will of God. And, and so for someone, again, to sit there and say, and, and we've had countless experiences uh, I remember a man, I was playing golf with some Christians and, and the golf course got backed up. And so we had to play with the party in front of us to finish out our round. And th this man was drinking a lot of beer and the Christian I was with went over there and started preaching to him, even though he was drunk and, uh, he went over and started preaching to him. And I can still remember that man just looking at him and he raised his can of beer and he says, all you got to do is believe brother. Now, he fully believed he was a spiritual person, but he was not practicing those things that are taught in the Scripture. And so, again, uh, how does he show himself to be spiritual? That gets back to what you said, Josh. Is there any fruits that are following you know, his behavior? Can he prove his spirituality by the acts that he's doing? And that's what each one of us has to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be ready to give an answer you know, to every man about the hope that's within us. Somebody can come up to us and ask us about why we're doing this or, you know, why do you do this? Probably the most common one is how come you guys go to church all the time? You know, that's, that's something that, you know, we get asked quite a bit. Well, you know, we're doing so <laughs> again, 
trying to be pleasing to God. Um, it's not always convenient to go to church. I'll tell you right now, there's, there's times it's tough to go to church, but we go because that's what God wants. That's what has been taught in the scriptures. And so it doesn't really matter what my mood is that day. You know, most of the time I want to go to church, but if there's a day I don't want to go, I still go. Why? Because that's what God wants. Sure. So we're having to, to wrap it up here. But I, wanna... I, 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 I want a last point, though, before we... Yeah, no. we'll give you a last thought. Okay. We'll give you a last thought. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of focus the, the remainder of our time really quickly on becoming a spiritual person uh, as, as far as from a biblical pattern. Uh, number one, you're going to have to submit yourself to the Word of God, the revelation of the Spirit. Uh, if that's where true spirituality comes from, then submitting to the Word of God is going to be the means by which we become a spiritual person. And so that's going to begin with baptism as we're buried with Christ in baptism, where God brings our spirit back to life. Ephesians 2 says you were dead in trespasses, but God made you alive together with Christ. Uh, that takes place in baptism when we're buried with him in baptism and raised into newness of life. And that baptism is going to begin a spiritual life of walking in the spirit guided by the Word of God. And then, of course, we're going to need to study the Word of God. First Peter 2, verse 2 says, As newborn babies long for the spiritual Word that you may grow thereby. And so if, if our spirituality is tied to the Word of God, then the Word of God essentially becomes our lifeblood. Like James in 1, verse 21, it's implanted within our hearts. And then we're going to engage in spiritual activities. Uh, it involves a commitment to sanctification. I'm going to pursue sanctification, commit myself to a sanctified life, and I'm going to engage in Christianity that's involved with my brethren, stirring up my brethren. Hebrews 10, verse 24, uh, consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I'm going to pursue that. And obviously one of the means by which we do that is by joining together on the first day of the week to worship but I can't be a spiritual person and separate myself from God's people and go be a hermit somewhere. And it doesn't work that way. I have to engage in spiritual activities that are defined by the spirit, by the word of God. If I want to become a spiritual person. And so we essentially are going to be devoted to the things of the spirit. And that's really what true spirituality is going to look like. And so I'll, give it to you guys for your last thoughts before we wrap it up here. Well, I'll jump in before Richard does. So you, you mentioned James 1, 21, verse 22, be, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And that's where we're coming from is we we're wanting people to understand that number one, the word of God is the source of all spiritual instruction it tells us how to be saved. As you mentioned, it tells us how to serve him. It tells us how to worship. And we, we can't just listen to the parts that we think sound good. And, and that's it. We've got to not just be hearers, but we got to be doers. So, Richard. Yeah. I, I want, and this is something I think is really important. We need to look at our examples that have been preserved for us in the Old Testament. 
because those things are there for a reason. I mean, the Hebrew writer makes that very clear. These, these, uh, those who are of faith in Hebrews 12 are our witnesses about, uh, you know, how to uh, believe and obey. And First uh, Corinthians 10, you know, talks about taking warnings from some of the unfortunate things that took place. And there are some things that I, I want, if someone believes that they are spiritually minded, but yet they don't have to practice uh, what I would call relig being religious, and that's obeying God, then uh, I want you to look at some stories. I want you to, to read about Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus chapter 10. You know, they were a couple of priests that were spiritually minded, but they were destroyed by the Lord. And why was that? Look that up. They were destroyed because they did not obey. Now, did they believe in God? Yes. Were they practicing spirituality? And that's in their mind, yes. But it was not accepted by God. King Isaiah was a man who, for the most part, most of his life, uh, he, he followed the Lord. I mean, that's very clear in 2 Chronicles 27, uh, verse 2. But uh, again, there was a point in 2 Chronicles 26 and verse 16 where even though he believed in God, for the most part served God, uh, it says he was strong, he grew proud to his own destruction, he was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So was he going to practice religion <laughs> or his belief, yeah, he was going to, but he was disobeying. And again, you know, he was uh, struck with leprosy. And uh, the Israelites in Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6 through 8. And I want to read this one because these are those who were, who were going through the motions. Uh, they were doing what they thought was right with God. So you could argue by someone's definition of spiritual-minded that they were spiritually minded, even though I wouldn't say that, by some men's count, they would say that they were. But if you, and I'll let you read it, Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, they were offering up to the Lord sacrifices that were not acceptable to God because they did not follow his instructions. And the Lord was not happy with them. And we can go over and over and look at examples of people in the Old Testament who tried to practice their belief, <laughs> their spirituality, but God didn't accept it. And I want to go back to John 4, 24, because that's important. If we're going to worship God, we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Not just spirit and in truth. You can't, you can't separate those two. All right, that's, not, that's all I had. I guess, essentially, if we want to be a spiritual person, it requires us to be filled with the Spirit. And I think you could uh, connect that with the Word of Christ dwelling within you. It, it goes back to the Word of God. We've got to be guided by the Word of God. We've got to live according to the Word of God. That's where uh, true spirituality is going to come. Um, but that's all for today. We thank you for joining us on the Brian Spirits. Once again, uh, you're welcome to contact us if you have any kind of questions that we can answer and, and we'd be glad to do that uh, also richard has uh, made this available in podcast form on uh, 
uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Spotify. Yeah. Spotify for now. And hopefully we'll get on more platforms later, but we're on Spotify for now. And I, I'll be uh, putting this one on uh, real soon uh, as well as some, some from the past. And not only uh, would we encourage you to listen yourself, but share it with your friends and family and those around you and look for opportunities to help spread the word to those who need to hear it. Uh, but in the meantime, we look forward to next week when we can join again to study the word of God. I appreciate Ron being with us again. But in the meantime, yes. we look forward to uh, next week as we search the scriptures with Berean spirits. Well, folks, that's all for today. Don't worry. Lord willing, the guys will be back next week for another Bible study on Berean spirits. Until then, let the guys hear from you. Drop them some email at bereanspirits at gmail.com. They'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep studying that Bible.